Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. So many of you know uh, Steve and Karen Wilson. We call them Mr. and Mrs. Wild of Asheville, North Carolina. They run and own the Lion and the Rose Bed and Breakfast. And um, they travel the country. They travel the world watching wildlife like we do. And also they're huge music fans like us. So they're always, in fact, we take care of their dogs sometimes. We've uh, inset for them. I don't know why they trusted us, but we did it. And um, we've done that but while they're off going and doing all these rock concerts and heavy metal shows. And suddenly Karen goes, Lisa, Lisa, Ricky Rackman's coming here with his tour. And it's one foot in the gutter. And I remember one New Year's Eve in my life, um, a New Year's Eve party. And at the end of the night, our heads, we had, we had this huge party. And all of us that were still standing but not, we had our heads in the gutter. Right. We were all lying in a row with our heads in the gutter going, your mind's in the gutter. We thought that was very funny, but we always thought somebody had to do something about, you know, being in the gutter. So I love your tour, Ricky. Welcome. How are you? Thank you. Um, when I I had a saying that even before I was on MTV that I used to say one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. And what that means is, you know, it, what it sounds like is like, you know, always going for the gold and always trying to be successful and always trying to get the very, very best. But no matter what you do, remember where you came mm -hmm. from. And that's why I've been calling this one foot in the gutter, because this show is kind of about where I and most of us from the rock and roll scene came from and where mm -hmm. we are now and stuff like that. And it's, and there's a lot of parts in my show that are in the gutter. Oh, but you've got to see, I kind of feel this is, the great thing about Headbangers Ball, but you also had the cat house and that that's got to I almost feel like that's going to have more of the stories because like. Like stuff went down in there in a way, you know what I mean? Because, oh, you are you are absolutely right. I mean, the whole thing is there wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been on Headbangers Ball if it wasn't right. for my club, the cat house and Headbangers Ball. You know, I can talk about the behind the scenes of what it was like with Nirvana or Alice in Chains. But as far as cat house. You know, that's where the crazy things happen, whether it's Bowie or Guns N' Roses or Motley Crue or anybody. I mean, mm -hmm. that's where all the crazy stuff happened. And because I had a no camera policy, you know, none of that stuff ever really resurfaced. But now I'm telling a lot of those stories cool. and more. And uh, it's just it, it, it's fun. Well, Chaos, you know, when I was reading about it, it sounds like it was almost like the the rock version of Studio Fifty Four. It was like that's what everybody says. Yeah, Cat House was like Studio Fifty Four was more you know disco and drugs and disco and sex, and we were more sex, drugs, rock and roll. Right. That's and what that's what the Cat House was. The Cat House was, but the Cat House, you know, at Studio Fifty Four, everybody wanted to be seen. And the cat house, you did all these things because you didn't want to get caught and you didn't want to do anything. So, you know, it would be, you know, Robert Plant at the bar and who who else? But it wasn't just, it was, it was just 
for us, the reason that I opened the club was it was our safe place because mm. this was in 1986. We were all kind of the misfits in Hollywood and, and you know, we didn't get into the cool clubs. So I created right. my own club that we all got to hang out. But in. the Cat House is a badass name too. That's funny. Yeah, that was good. That was, it was a fun That's name funny. because, I mean, a Cat House is the, the real term of what a Cat House is, is a house of ill repute. But my roommate that I opened the club with was also in a band called Faster Pussycat. So I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what? let's call this place the Cat House because Cat House means this and that. And it became pretty much a Cat House. And then- <laughs> Hey, you know, but I kind of feel like now, I don't know, you know, more of that, of that life, but I feel like we're, we don't have the, the, the rock and roll scene like we used to. I feel like we're, we're everybody's, and I'm not knocking it because I don't want people to, you know, die of addiction, you know, and stuff. And, but we're drinking smoothies and I don't know, it just feels kind of clean now. And, and I kind of, I want the drama. I want the debauchery. I feel right. like rock is wild. Like, that's why I talk about Stephen Karen, Mr. and Mrs. Wild, because it's either wildlife or wildlife on the stage. You know, right. it's the same thing. You know, well, it's all primal and it's all animal. Yeah. And it's, all, it's all the same thing. And, you know, now we live in a culture where, you know, you we have can't say anything. Can't, I mean, let me tell you something. The cat house would have been, we, there's no way. <laughs> everything we did was wrong and everything we did was decadent but it was all inclusive and we you know i said something the other day which was so true it's like at the cat house we had straight gay black white transgender we had everything at the cat house mm -hmm. and never did we publicize that it's like so what it's like that's just it's like i didn't know that i would have to say like oh we allow everybody we just did because we didn't care because everybody was treated the same no matter what you 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 were and everybody was rock stars and and all the women and when i say this this is where some people get a little misunderstanding when i say all the women were like strippers now when i say that i didn't mean that literally even though a lot of the women at the were strippers but what it was was it was women that were in respectable businesses women that were mm -hmm. mothers women that were school teachers women that were attorneys lawyers everything got to go to the cat house and play and dress up. Mm -hmm. Just like if you wanted to go to a cowboy bar and dress up as a cowboy, that doesn't mean that you're out there being a cowboy in the day. Right. At the yeah. cat house, we all dress up like rock stars and- and Did what you want. Well, we had that, like when I was growing up in South Africa in high school, like we had underground clubs because it, you you couldn't get away with the way we all were. You know, it's like you, and, and and everybody had their weird dress up things of what we wanted to do. Their goth thing was happening. Right. Punk rock was still really big, you know? And and here was heavy metal, like everyone's room, somebody had Iron Maiden on their walls, you know? It was, it was, and it was like, but when you went to normal bars, it was kind of like, it wasn't that. We wanted to, and it had to be dark and nobody knew about it. It was just all secretive. And that was that, nobody knew, your parents, well, I don't know. I did get in trouble. Well, that was that, that's kind of that's kind of what my show does. I mean, if, it, mm -hmm. if it's not just me going up there telling stories, part of it's like a play. Like there's a part of the set that's decorated like my room when I was a kid, discussing oh, certain bands and and talking about what was it like in the club, what was it like in Hollywood. But I also talk about what was it like going from a huge television show like Headbangers Ball yeah. to losing it all. 
to being mm. flat broke and having to get a job as a car salesman. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I oh, had- I did that. I, I sucked at it. Did you do oh, good as a car salesman? No, I sucked. No, I was not good. But I talk <laughs> about all the things, you know, it's, people don't ever talk about what's it like when you have a little bit of fame and then you have no fame and you're just trying to make it, you know, people going up to me in a car lot when I'm wearing a tie and they're saying, aren't you Ricky Rackman from Headbangers Ball? And I'm like, yeah, let me show you this Jetta. It's like, yeah, it's hard to take Eight cylinders, a Jetta, not a Jetta. Come on. You can't do Jettas. That's what I sold. I sold Volkswagens. So I, I sold to Toyotas. I lasted for a month and they kicked me out because I was playing air guitar and, and, and they would, I was bored. It's boring, you right. know, but, and, and, and I don't know anything about cars, but you seem to be very entrepreneurial. Is that something like, where would, where did music come first then the entrepreneurial or were they all oh, like yeah. just well, music? Music has been in my life my entire life. I mean, even as a little kid, I've always loved rock and roll. And I found ways to work, whether it was opening up the cat house, whether, you know, I have an apparel company called Cat House Hollywood. That yeah. Sells coffee. You we got coffee. A coffee company called Cat House Coffee yeah. that doesn't make me any money, but I sure have great coffee all the time. And, um, you know, there's, there's, so I've always, been hungry and always worked and I, I believe that I always will you know and and now these shows are kind of just kind of bringing it all full circle and talking about all that stuff and bringing people back to a decadent dangerous time mm. do you think things will change I mean what do you see about today and I like that you're doing a show because most people are writing a book and and that's good too and I hope you do at, at some point write the book but um I think the show brings it back. It's more interpersonal and like my age group are going to really appreciate it. But what are you feeling about right now? Cause we feel like so many legends are leaving us and um, in the music world, like Jeff Beck and stuff like that. It's just, oh, yeah. it's, it's shitty, man. It's like, come on. I mean, this is what, ha I mean, let's just face it. Some of us. And, and the one thing I want to say is like, I was surprised how much of my audience was younger. Like there's a lot of people that really are interested in yeah. that scene and it's more than just reading a magazine or, but, but everything is changing. I don't see a music scene building up. And if it does, it's going to build up underground as a form of rebellion. Yeah. But people don't want to go out. You know, if they want to find out something, they just they just look at their phone. They don't go to clubs. They don't go to shows. They don't go out. I mean, we used to go out a couple nights a week and we weren't really sure what band was playing at the whiskey, but we were going to go anyway. And check it out. And, and people just don't do that anymore. And it's yeah. It's, and everybody wants something instantly you know they they want they want to we're in a tiktok generation where okay entertain me if you're not having entertain me in four seconds i swipe and i move to something how, how is it now like when you think about when you're doing headbangers ball i mean we didn't have google and stuff like that at that point i mean it was on its way it was about to hit right. but it's a little bit different right when you are hosting to like hosting a podcast now it's it's different i was the only source for a lot of people to find heavy metal bands you know that's what yeah. people say like you know I didn't even know about Pantera until you played them on the Headbangers Ball or I didn't know about Alice in Chains and or Nirvana even and yeah. it's Headbangers Ball was the avenue for a lot of people to find out about all, all these things mm -hmm. because you'd go home Saturday night and you couldn't you didn't have YouTube you, you know now when I say that I sound like <laughs> back in the day and it didn't know, right? that long ago to me but you didn't have those avenues and and um and I was the one that people would turn to many times. Mm. And I say, I, I was just a host. I wasn't the one that picked the videos or anything like that. So I was just, you know, there as your tour guide to show you all these different things. But you're into it. You can't do it if you're not into it. Oh my God. I love that. I still do. Yeah. 
I mean, I still go to shows. I still listen to music. I still buy music. I still talk to people in bands. I mean, yeah. it, I think it, I think you're right about the rebellion thing. I think it's it's it can't stay pretty for long. It can't because that's just not the nature of the beast. And I think it is. Really it's getting worse and worse. And we live in a generation that if you go and see a band that's really good, you'll be like, oh, that band was good. But if that band was bad, you can't wait to get on social media and tell the world about how bad it is. And the thing is, if you're out That's there, your if you're out there telling everybody how bad everything is, you're not elevating anything. Spend some time to talk about how good things are, you mm -hmm. know, maybe get new people turned on to it. I think, you know, I think we have to support the clubs. It's getting harder, too, for like stadium tours. I mean, all the, the scalping, the ticket master crap, all of that. So like just like even the shows that you're going to seem like really cool, intimate venues where you can connect and have that energy. And that's something I think we have to look at alternative venues and concerts being different as a musician. Like it's cool to be in, and you're a musician. It's cool to have the big ass, you know, crowd, like, wow. Right. Like, well, I mean, stadium. one of my but shows, then it's different. Yeah. yeah. One of my shows, the, and remember I'm brand new to this. Like I'm a new artist. I don't have an opening act. I don't have anybody else with me. And the biggest show that I have is at the Starland Ballroom, April 6th, which is a huge venue. And I didn't want to be at that venue because I love the place, but I think it's just too big. And mm -hmm. and and most of the play, and but I'm still gonna have a great time there. Yeah. The shows like the shows in Asheville, the Asheville's a pretty good size one, but some of the shows like in Nashville and in New York City, it's like I'm playing on Broadway in a place oh. that's like 150 people. And to me, that's like really awesome. One, I'm actually on Broadway, which I never thought that's would happen. That's cool. And it's like 100, 150 seats. And that's the same thing in Nashville. And and that's and Atlanta, too, is a, is a smaller venue. And those are the venues I want to be in. I want to be in venues that are about 150 seats or 200. And some are 300, 400. And the one in, in New Jersey is 600, which, I mean, most, most people are going to tell you how they want to play all these big clubs. I want to play small places because that's yeah. fun to feel something that big. Yeah, it's just, and just it feels good. You know, are you going to play music? You know, are you going to are you going to perform? Um, not really, so to speak. Um, a parrot's gonna fly by any second. Oh, just, cool! That, that's a I have, an African, I have an African gray parrot that flies all around the house, and oh. um, and uh, so we used to have those a lot. In <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they're, all, they're around, you know. But okay. um, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, are you gonna perform a little bit, or you know? I'm not doing. Um, there's some part in the show that's not good but it's interesting but mostly it's just me telling stories there's a lot of video there's yeah. a lot of photos in the show as well mm. but mostly it's it's just me telling these stories cool cool so you're going to australia with this and i'm hoping that's that's badass i know oh my god like i think they're more like into craziness and 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 okay. a little bit when, freer when somebody told me they said okay we've got four offers in australia and i was like Australia, yeah. Like, yeah, Sydney and Adelaide and yeah, yeah, and Brisbane and Melbourne, and I was like, "You're kidding, right?" They're like, "No, yeah, yeah. it's in June, and the tickets are selling." I'm like, "Oh my, like, oh, like, this is, but it's huge." Like, you've got to go to South Africa. I, 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 I demand. I'll go anywhere. Europe. Believe me, I will go Europe. Anywhere. I mean, Europe. I so oh my God, you got to do a Europe tour. You have to do a Europe tour. Uh, this is. I love do. I love doing this so much. So any shows that come up, I mean, I would be more than happy to spend the next two years doing this period. 
and uh, then write the book. Then write it would be yeah, yeah. Do do that when you you know you can't move around, you know. But it's like Jimmy Page is writing his his story, but he said he's only releasing it when he's dead, you know. So well, I want to release mine while I'm still alive. Yeah, well, that's why I got. Oh, now it. are you allowed to tell these stories? How is that? Like if you've got like, uh, they're you know, are, they're true. So yeah. uh, are there some that there's going to be some people that are going to, are there some rock stars that are not going to be happy with the things I say in the show? Yes. But what I'm talking about is a true instance that happened. And I'm not saying it's secondhand. It's stories that happened because I was there. I was a part mm -hmm. of the story. So if I say it, it's like, oh, I'm not good. You know, I'm, I know, I know for a fact, there's going to be some people in major bands that are not going to be happy with some of the things I say, but what, what I say is not an opinion. What I say is a fact and an yeah. actual historical event, and they're not going to be happy, but oh, well, they shouldn't have maybe done, done it. Like okay. That. So what is this about Axl Rose chasing David Bowie down the street? Cause I, you know, oh man, have you heard of Jacob Bunton? He, he, he was with um, Steve Adler's um, group Appetite. And then uh, Adler, Adler, we were about to interview, we had an interview and- Was he the Steve, singer? No, he's a hell of a guitarist. Uh, he's I got the best hair too. Like he gave uh, me hair tips, but we ended up doing his interview, but we had a live show with him and this whole thing and live broadcast and Steve had to go get checked back into rehab, unfortunately. And, uh, but good, good that he needed to yeah. get there. But, um, and I see that he's still out there performing, but, um, it just seems there's so much about Guns N' Roses. Like, I don't know. It's what was they he doing are, chasing Bowie? I mean, like that, I just think that's funny. It's like, why does the chicken cross the road? Why does Axel Rose chase Bowie? <laughs> I will just tell you because the whole incident happened right next to me that David Bowie was in rare form on that night in October 10th, 1989 at the Cat House. And come to my show and you'll hear the whole story the way it really happened because I was there. Ah, that's, and now you didn't allow people to like film stuff, did you? Like when then they came. No, the I had a no cam. I had a no camera rule because I never, I never when I opened the cat house, it was just a fun place for us to hang out to have parties, so we didn't mess up that apartment. So I didn't really anticipate it becoming as as big as it did, and uh, so I said no cameras, no photo, no none of that stuff because I just thought this is just going to be a fun place for us to hang out, not knowing mm. that it was going to be as, as crazy and successful as it was. So I said, no cameras in it, no cameras, let people do whatever they want. And that that's why there's a lot of people don't have film of some of this stuff, which is good. Yeah. Probably most of the stuff wouldn't happen if, if we were allowed to have cameras. But okay. So now what about the tour now that you're doing, are you going to have let people with, I mean, withhold their cell phones and, there is a part which is interesting because I don't want people filming the show because it, I don't yeah. it'll ruin it. And B, some of these stories are very personal. And when I'm on stage, I like looking at people when I'm telling stories and I don't want to be telling a story and see this. Like, I don't want I, to be looking at something sucks. and seeing yes. this. I'm telling this all the time. It's like, I'd rather be telling stories and looking at their faces. There is a time in the show when I tell everybody to pull their cameras out and we all take pictures and I take pictures as well. But for the most part, like be in the moment. Let's have a good time. Let's all sit and tell some stories. And I don't need to stare at your phone. And besides, who are you going to send the pictures to? They're not at the show and you are, so screw them. Yeah. All right. There it is. Yeah, that's right. So what about what about music today? Who are you listening to? 
I listen to everything, which is such an easy cop out, but I listen to a lot of like the heavier bands. Um, you know, I'm listening, you know, for me, a lot of the bands that are new bands have still been around for 10 years, you know, whether yeah. it's, you know, a monomarth or undo others or stuff like that. And I still listen to a lot of the same stuff that I listen to, whether it's old punk rock from the late seventies, early eighties yeah. to to the bands like Motorhead, you know, I've never mm -hmm. stopped listening to Motorhead my whole life. I still love Iron Maiden. I still love Paul McCartney and Wings. I love everything. You know, I listen to, I just listen to just about everything. It, it, some days I'll be in a new wave kick. I mean, that's the beauty. I can listen to whatever I want. Yeah. Well, I think the music, you know, now we have this world of the internet and for musicians, it's been, it's like, yay, because we can have a little bit more independence. Right. But then there's like the sea of it. And, but at the same time, like the radio shows, like actual radios, it, it's it sucks we drive and we try to go okay let's hear something and it's the same set like you can cross a county line and they repeat the same set and i'm and going it's killing, it, it's killing radio because if there's a band that i like and i say you know to my phone mm -hmm. you know or go to spotify or something like that and i put in a band that i like that radio station is going to play all these bands of the type of music i like mm -hmm. And I'm not going to, and if it's something I like, I just skip through it. So that's, you know, that's killing radio. I think the rate, the way radio is going to make it is by having more of the personalities on and even a little bit less music. Cause if I want to hear a song from any band in the world, all I have to do is pick up my phone. Right. But then people have a hard time learning, like you have to ease people into listening to something new. It's so weird. And then they get into listening to the same tracks over and over again. It's like, to me, I always did the B-side first. You know, it's like, it. I get excited about new music. I, you know, it, it's, it's everything to me. But I see that hard thing of getting people, you have to coax them into the new the new sounds if they don't. Yeah, and I mean, I'm like, like you, if you think of some of the biggest bands in the world, those songs that were their biggest hits are the songs that I don't want to hear. I don't like their hits. Like you look at any big rock band and some of the my greatest hit albums ah. aren't the hits, you know, aren't the hits, the songs that, that, you know, meant something to me or kind of a little mm -hmm. bit under the radar. You know, if I said, I love Guns N' Roses, I'm not going to play Welcome to the Jungle or Sweet Child of Mine. No, no, uh-uh. No, it's a, it's a little bit overdone. Now, weren't you in one of their movies, their their music videos? I was in the November Rain video for like two seconds, but I was still in the video and it got over a billion views. And I think it's been the most watched music video of all time, which means that I can say, even though I was only in it for one second, I can wait, wait maybe two seconds. But I can still say that I had a part. And people tell me like, oh, yeah, I saw you in the November Raiden video. Tell us, you know, what was that like? And I talked about that stuff as well. Well, it seems that you're very open into, hey, well, if I could do this, why not do it? Is is that kind of who you are yeah, in life? Absolutely. Is I do. it. I mean, everybody said that you're going to go on tour and just tell stories. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I really am. And and cool. um, and people were very like curious. I mean, we have a show April 4th in Pittsburgh and, you know, I've never even been to Pittsburgh and it's almost sold out. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's really cool. You know, like I've never been to Pittsburgh and we're selling tons of tickets. So it's, it's really neat. You know, I'm looking at the dates that start March 29th all the way to May 20th. And it's like, you know, yeah, to go to Knoxville or to go to, you know, New Bedford or all these, it's just really cool. And I'm really excited. The Asheville show is fun because we're going to stay at your friend's place. Oh, the line of the road, you're going to love of, it. 
oh, I can't wait. And I have a lot of my friends going. So we're going to go really, really early and hang out with them and maybe have like a little campfire outside. And, and oh, just yeah. like, like Asheville is going to be a show that, that we're really looking forward to because the tour, um, I would have been home for two days. We go to Asheville and then the next day it's Knoxville, Nashville, Atlanta, but Asheville's going to, and then the tour is done for a while until um, Australia. And so Asheville, the Asheville show May 17th at the Great Eagle is, is one that I'm really looking forward to as well. Cause that's just, that's going to be fun. And I live in North, I mean, I'm from, yeah, Hollywood. You're in North. I, I live in North, I've been in North Carolina now for about six years and I, I just love it here. Did so many musicians come from there too, right? I oh, think there's something. No. There's like, there's tons. Of, like, okay, Warren Haynes comes from Asheville. Who else? Oh, from Asheville. Yeah, yeah Asheville. I but I mean, North Carolina has some interesting musical roots. Like, I don't know very many. Yeah, there's, there's, they're there, and and they didn't necessarily stay there forever. But there are some. And but then again, if you want um, some. Uh, banjo music and stuff you can get that there but that's a little there different. you go i there, don't know the last time i woke up saying i really would like to hear some local banjo music but it's good to know that when i feel like some banjo music i can find it and joan i don't armor trade joan armor trading i think comes she, from Nashville. i don't know she's from nashville i like I black so. i like black there's a i own a coffee yeah. company called cat house coffee but yeah. there's a coffee place in black mountain that i really like called the called the percolator i think it's called oh well, that's smart yeah yeah there's good coffee up there i like i like Asheville a lot that before you go i want to ask you about when you opened the cat house you had a dj there and then eased into actual performances what was it that you were kind of like going keep the dj versus the live shows what what was that balance for you what i only wanted it to be djs i wanted to be my dj joseph brooks and that's all i wanted i didn't want to be a live venue because what happens is when you're a live venue then all of a sudden it's like oh who's playing at the cat house oh it's guns and roses oh great what about next week okay i'm not going to go next week if it's a dj you know you're going to show up every week and the truth is we had a dj every single night and it would be dj 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 and then the band would play for a while but what started the whole live band thing was axel saying can we play a show at the cat house and Guns N' Roses wanted to do their record release party there. So when Guns N' Roses wants to do their record release party at your dance club, you say, okay, Axel. Okay. And that's why. And then, then it's like Alice in Chains wants to play there. And Alice Cooper wants to play there. And, you know, everybody wanted to play the Cat House because we were rocking a dance club that let bands play. Mm. So what, like, and then obviously the whiskey has always been famous, right? The whiskey that rocks you the Yeah. But yours was a little little heavier for people, right? Just it was just Tuesday nights, and okay. you could go to the cat house no matter what was going on. I mean, the cat house was a a it was just a it was like a, just a place you'd go. I mean, pick up anybody's book, whether it be Slash or Steven Tyler, or anybody, and the cat house is in all those books. And now I'm telling yeah. you stories because I was there, and I'm saying what really happened there. Yeah, some friends of ours. Um, they had a uh, glam punk rock band and um, were openly gay, you know, glam punk rock band. And they were in the Hey Taxi and Red Wedding. And they had some crazy times in LA. I don't know if they played the Cat House. I'm going to have to ask them. They didn't. I, think, I don't think so. I know um, every band that played the Cat House. So yeah, of course you did. Yeah. I don't know if they went there either. I don't know. But um, some of the stories they have to tell are some, I think, I don't think people know that side of LA a little bit. You know, I know LA's got wild stories, but I don't know if people know that side of like 
the harder rock kind of thing for LA. It was, I mean, it was, I, you know, you, you don't want to keep on saying that cliche about sex, drugs, rock and roll, but the cat house was sex, drugs, rock and roll. That really is what it was. Yeah. So that is, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but that's really the lifestyle we lived. And it was a dangerous lifestyle, but it mm. was, you know, that was how we all got by and nobody had money then. And it was, it was, it was fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's also the thing too. When you have too much, you forget to have fun and get down. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. understand it. Well, I want to get, make sure everybody has your website so they can get tickets, go to cathousehollywood.com. And also, if you're going to go to Asheville, go to lion-rose.com for uh, the Lion of the Rose, Stephen Karen. Go meet Mr. and Mrs. Wild. And um, I swear to God, they go everywhere. It's crazy. They're going to be at my show. I got them all hooked up. Uh, right on. Good, good. Because they really, I mean, it's like they actually went to, they saw Steve Blaze. We're interviewing Steve Blaze. And next thing you know, we're in-sitting for them. And I found out we were in sitting for them. We didn't know what, you know, they didn't know what I was doing. They, you know, all of that. And I'm like, where are you going this time? Oh, we're going to go see Steve Blaze. I'm like, you're having us in sit while you go see Steve Blaze, who was just on our show promoting the concert that you're going to be at. Like, what the hell is that? They're like, you know, so they're really cool. You're going to have a good wait. time, but yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And Asheville's awesome. So everyone, cathousehollywood.com and keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thanks so much, Ricky. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And don't behave. <laughs> Never. Thank you.